This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 241. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in the episode and any discount codes to our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 241. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Care Of. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. Hello, Shameless Moms. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm excited to share with you the Shameless Mom of the Week, which we'll do in just a minute. And then we're going to dive into turning your struggles into strengths, which I'm so excited to talk about because this is like one of my favorite topics. So first, let's talk about actually a great example of turning struggles into strengths. Our Shameless Mom of the Week is Shelby. So Shelby left a review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. So that's the portal into our Apple podcast page where you can leave reviews. And when I go through reviews there every week, I pick one out as Shameless Mom of the Week nomination and I share it here on the show. So you can go to that link and do the same if you would like to be selected as Shameless Mom of the Week down the road. So Shelby writes in her review, love, love, love this podcast. I've been listening for over six months now and I'm going from the beginning to current. So I'm not quite 
quite up to date yet. She has some catching up to do of hundreds of episodes. I'm getting there though. Sarah has encouraged me in so many ways. Motherhood has been such a hard path for me. My extremely independent and strong-willed daughter is just over a year and a half, along with me being self-employed. It has been a struggle. I'm 24 and impatient and seven months married to the father of our daughter, who is my biggest supporter and confidant, along with struggling with PTSD from a sexual assault at age five and again at age 21 and depression and anxiety. And oh my, the obstacles, they never end. The work-home balance, yeah, I'm working on it. But I've discovered so many tricks, hacks, and tips, all thanks to this podcast. It was shortly after I found the podcast that I searched and found a therapist who I now see regularly. I believe that seeing my therapist and listening to Sarah's podcast have been some of the best things I've done for myself. And I sharelessly shame that information with anyone and everyone. I could go on and on on how these interviews and solo episodes have been life-changing to me. Sarah is so inspirational. You can get so engaged with what she says and the people she brings on. They are phenomenal. Every single episode is information that is uplifting and so, so real. So yeah, you made it through this whole review. So you should probably just head over and subscribe because it might be one of the self-care choices you make today. So one of the best self-care choices you make today. So thank you, Shelby, so much for that. And really the reason I wanted to nominate Shelby as Shameless Mom of the Week is because I love that she acknowledged like I've had some struggles and also I can probably improve myself and recover and break through some of these things that have been challenging and traumatic and overwhelming and exhausting by talking to someone and by surrounding myself with great resources. So listening to the podcast, going to see a therapist, shamelessly sharing this information with other people. So, so powerful. So Shelby, I'm ridiculously proud of you. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy you're part of my community. And I'm so glad that we're connected now. So with that, let's dive into our content for the week, turning your struggles into strengths. I'm going to talk through three different ways that I've done this in my life. And then I'm going to talk about how you can start to shift your perspective. So I want to dive into the first way I did this. And this was really not intentional on my part. And some of these things you've heard me talk about before, but I'm going to put them in kind of a new context in this conversation today. So I think the first time I really turned a big struggle into a strength was when I became an athlete as an adult. So growing up, I hated PE class. I felt super uncomfortable in my own skin. Like team sports were terrifying to me. I didn't feel competent. I didn't feel confident. I was always really worried that I was going to mess everything up for the team and that I would be like singled out and I would look uncoordinated and awkward because I was both of those things. That would made me really, really self-conscious in so many ways. And as a young adult, I started exercising and working out to lose weight. I'd always been overweight growing up and I started exercising to lose weight and I did it very secretly. And then over the course of a number of years, I started doing little races here and there with some coworkers of mine when I started my first career at the psychiatric hospital. And that really got me on a path of becoming competitive as an adult athlete. And this was life changing. And I went from being someone who really hid their athleticism. Like I worked out a lot, but I was like, well, I don't know. Like I run, you know, six days a week, but I'm not very fast and I don't go very far. And like, I don't know if I'm very good at it. And so I didn't really consider myself a runner. And when I started embracing being a runner, and then I decided to try a triathlon for the first time, which was so out of my, I mean, all of it was out of my comfort zone, but the triathlon, literally it took me a year to commit to that. Like a friend suggested it at the beginning of one summer and I was like, oh yeah, absolutely not. And then the next summer she brought it up again and I was like, 
okay, maybe if we could like train together. And she got a group of people together at my work and none of us had done a triathlon before. And we decided we would train together. And that helped me a lot. Cause I was like, okay, like we're in this together. We all might make fools of ourselves and that I can be on board with. And so I did this first triathlon in the first two years. And so I did a couple triathlons that first summer the next summer I did a couple and some point in that around the two year mark, I decided I had gotten a mountain bike that I had been using initially because they're much cheaper than road bikes. And then at some point I decided I'm going to upgrade and I'm going to invest and I'm going to get a road bike so that I can race stronger. And I got this road bike and oh my gosh, I started placing in my age group when I did triathlons. And I had no idea that I was actually a really strong cyclist. Now, if you've ever seen my quads, this is not surprising. I got quads for days, people. So it should not have been shocking to me that I was a good cyclist. Like I could carry my ass up a hill like no one's business. But I got this road bike and I was like, wow, like I'm passing people in every race. Like I'm passing so many people. This is amazing. And then as I started to really train a little harder on speed training in my run, it made me really competitive. And so I was actually able to become a really competitive triathlete for a few years in there. And that was mind blowing to me to be able to get medals for my athletic performance coming from a background of someone who like would do anything to get out of PE class and do anything to avoid sweating and physical discomfort was such a huge change. And that's where I really like my identity took a major, major shift in a different direction at that time. And that was really the catalyst for me deciding that I wanted to go back when I wanted to approach a career change becoming an adult athlete and turning that struggle into a strength in my life was huge in determining that I was going to go back to school to become a personal trainer because I was like, I want to work with people like me. I want to work with people like I didn't want to become a personal trainer to work with people who had been athletic their whole lives. I worked with some of those people and they were great and it was really fun, but that wasn't who I set out to work with. What I really loved doing and the entire 16 years that I was in the fitness industry, my biggest joy came from people who had never worked out before and were like, holy cow, who knew I could do this? And to the day that I sold my gym, my biggest joys came from women doing things that shocked themselves. And I will even say one of my members who is in her late 60s, she set a goal for herself a little over a year ago to do seven bodyweight pull-ups with no assistance. And she did it for the first time in her, she got her first pull-up that year and she got up to eight pull-ups that year. And watching her do that, I was like, yes, like this is amazing. And so watching people do things for the first time in terms of physical fitness has always been the thing that I just have been so blown away by and so impressed by and just thought of is so transformative. Because when I first started racing, like every time I crossed a finish line, I joked that it was like a religious experience. And I still to this day, if I go to a race, like it can literally, it can be a kid's dash. It can be a 5k. It can be a marathon. It can be an Ironman, like any sort of race with a finish line. I stand at the finish line in full goosebumps and tears, like the entire time I get so emotional about watching people race and watching people accomplish these goals in such profound ways. And so for me, that was a big, big way that I turned a struggle into a strength. And that's been really, really transformative in my life. And so I want to touch back on what Shelby said in her review, coming out and saying like, I went through these really traumatic experiences and now I've gotten help and I've gotten support and I have a therapist and I have this husband who's my best friend through the whole thing. Like she's turning a struggle into a strength. She's talking about the darkest moments of her life, most likely 
and talking about how she can build power from those places. And I think that's the most amazing thing that someone can do with their life. And that's so much of what inspired me to start this podcast was I had some rough times after my son was born, after Vinny was born. And that's when I realized like, I don't want to be in the fitness industry anymore. I don't want to be limited to that because I want to be having these more profound, powerful conversations with women because I took myself through a really transformative journey after he was born. And that was another turning a struggle into a strength. Like that first year of motherhood kicked my ass so freaking hard. And to go from that to having a podcast for moms and we have well over 600,000 downloads now. And we had over 50,000 downloads last month, which was a record breaker. I think we had 56,000 downloads. We have a private Facebook group with over, I think we're up at like 600 people now. So all these milestones to come from that after being on my knees in that first year of motherhood, like with mastitis three times, not being able to put on a bra for six months, not having making enough milk to feed my baby so that he was borderline failure to thrive. That's another huge struggle into strength is coming from that place where you feel like, how will I dig my way out? And then going from there into a place of power where you're like, wow, I've learned a few things. And what am I going to do with that new information? And how am I going to find my power within that new information? This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So there's two ways that I've done it. I wasn't even going to share the motherhood piece. That just kind of came to mind. So my purpose in sharing different examples of my own struggles and strengths is for you to think of different areas of your life where this might apply to you. So I shared the athlete piece. I shared the motherhood piece. Now I want to talk about the business piece. Okay. So next I want to talk about a business struggle into a strength. So in 2008, I believe it was in 2008. Yes. Cause it was right after I got married in 2008, my personal training business kind of crashed like in a big way. The economy was crashing. I had just gotten married. I had put no time into marketing my business while planning my wedding. And then I had a bunch of random things where I trained like a bunch of couples and families and things like that, where they moved out of town or they got new jobs or they had some sort of like weird transition where they no longer could train with me. And I lost a ton of income. Like my income like was decimated. And three days after my wedding, I went for a walk with my husband. The weekend we got married on a Friday and we had taken the next like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off work. We were going to honeymoon later in the year, but we had taken just a long weekend to kind of hang out and chill at our house. And we went for a walk on like Monday or Tuesday, just literally three days after our wedding. We're on this walk and I burst into tears and I'm like, I think I have to shut down my business. And I had seen this ad on Yahoo because at the time, like Google didn't exist or not to my knowledge. So I was doing everything on Yahoo and I was like, I think I have to shut down my business, but it's okay. I saw an ad on Yahoo and I'm like hysterical. I can barely breathe as I'm telling him this. Like, don't worry. I saw this ad and I can go back to school and become a dental hygienist and make $70,000 a year. And I think that's what I need to do. And he's like, okay, you know, you can do that and I'll totally support you. He's like, but I don't think you're going to be very happy as a dental hygienist. Now, no offense to dental hygienists. Like, I'm totally impressed by someone who can dig around in other people's mouths all day super, super impressed with that line of work. But my husband's like, I just don't see that like really making you happy and, you know, excited about what you're doing the way personal training does. And I was like, yeah, I know. But I mean, it would be guaranteed income, right? Like I could just go work at an office. It would be Monday through Friday. I would get paid hourly or whatever. It would be predictable income. So in my mind, I'd be like fixing all these problems that seem to be like so pressing on me. He's like, okay, like if you really want. So I started looking into that and I talked to more people and then I talked to my mom about it. And she's like, yeah, I mean, she's like, again, like if you want to do that, you'd probably be do great, but not really sure that would make you happy. And I was like, this is not about happiness. This is about paying the bills. And like, I need to pay the bills. And so one of the things I did during that time is I was getting these emails about this fitness conference called Fitness Business Summit. And 
I noticed in the emails, there was a lot of typos. And so I was like, I don't even know who this guy is putting this event on. But he had like, there was a lot of typos in the emails, but he had really good content. And so we would have these like really great informational emails that actually helped me a lot. And then he told me he was having this conference coming up in California. And I was like, maybe I should go to this conference, but I don't know. Like this guy doesn't know how to use a comma to save his life. Should I go? It was like $300, which felt like a huge amount of money. Like I did not have an extra $300. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this $300 ticket. Then I also had to buy a plane ticket. Then I had to pay for like two or three nights in a hotel. I'd never stayed in a hotel by myself. I'd never traveled for work by myself. I never really traveled for work at all. And so I went to this whole thing and I was terrified. I was like, what if I show up and it's, first of all, what if it's a big scam? Like I was like, this could just be completely like not even a real event. I could show up and there could be nothing there. But I also was scared. Like, what if it's a lot of people who know more than me and like, I'm intimidated by them and I'm total fish out of water. So what ended up happening is I went to this event and I spent the entire two or three days with tears in my eyes, seeing everything that was possible. Like I could not believe how exhilarated I was. I had not felt so much hope and excitement. I remember calling my mom and being like, mom, I'm going to be a millionaire. And she's like, that's nice, honey. (laughs) She's like, you'll do great. Whatever you do. Like she was super supportive, but I think she was like, okay, whatever. And I came home and like told my husband about it. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. Don't worry. We're going to be fine. But I made a bunch of shifts in my business and I learned how to better serve people and meet them where they are at because I went to this event and I learned this whole new way of operating my own business and being a business owner and serving my population and doing it in such a different way that allowed me to grow it and scale it and help more people and give them more access to me in better ways. And it was just like, it was a win-win all around for myself, for my clients, in terms of what I could offer people. It was amazing. And that led to me really connecting with a whole new amazing community of entrepreneurs and making new friends in the fitness business industry. And it was a huge game changer. And again, what had been my struggle turned into my strength. And so from there, I started building this business. I hired the guy who ran the conference as a business coach. Again, did not have the money to do that. Did not even tell my husband how much it cost. I was just like, yep. So, and I didn't do that until about a year later. So I'd started making more money again. Like I had like a stable, profitable business again, but I did not tell him my husband that I had spent $10,000 on this business coach. I was just like, yeah, it's okay. Like I'm going to hire him. I put it on a card. I'm going to pay it off really quickly. Like it's totally fine. Don't even worry about it. And he was like, okay, (laughs) I trust you. And it was on my business credit card. So he didn't see it. And he was like, whatever. But when you put $10,000 on the line, like you better bet you're going to like hustle like crazy to make it to get some return on that investment. So I did. I hustled like crazy. And that $10,000 allowed me to make over a million dollars in my fitness business over time. And so I started like the next year, I went from making, you know, five figures to six figures and then making multiple six figures a year with that fitness business. And then being able to sell that business. So I mean, that $10,000 when all was said and done, made me a lot, a lot of money. And I mean, a lot of money I put back into the business. I ended up moving us to multiple different locations where every time we up leveled and I hired people to work for me. So it's not like I'm sitting on $2 million here today, just to be clear, but it allowed me to up level and build something really amazing and build something that was 
so beyond anything I ever imagined. I never set out to own my own gym. So this allowed me to turn the struggle into a strength of having my own facility and building something where I could employ other people who were actually better than me at what I did. And that was mind blowing. I like, I thought I was the best personal trainer in the world until I hired a few people. And I was like, Oh, like they actually might be better than me. And this is like, are people going to be disappointed if I show up to train now? Um, So it was really, really cool. And then I had something I could sell. So I turned this business that I almost walked away from. I almost shut the doors to become a dental hygienist. I took a chance and push myself to learn more and to dig deeper and find a way to make it work and really get uncomfortable by hiring a coach, by connecting to other people in the industry and be really opening to learning this process and to learning about what I could do with this, which allowed me to turn that struggle into a strength. So I want you to think about professional struggles and how you can turn professional struggles into strengths. You might be in a place right now where you're like, I hate my job or I hate the control my job has over my life or it's heading in or the company I work for or whatever. But think about how can that struggle turn into a strength because it doesn't always have to look like it looks today. But you do have to take action and do some uncomfortable things to start trending it in the other direction. So be considering that. So before we move on to number three, I have one more struggle into strength that I'm going to share. And this is also along the lines of motherhood. And this would be going from infertility, sadness to building a life we couldn't have if we had two kids. And so this is something I've focused on so much in the last year and a half. And so about a year and a half ago, we did, after a lot of time and consideration, we did IVF to try to get pregnant a second time. It took us two years to get pregnant the first time with a lot of different interventions. We did not have to do IVF, but we did nine rounds of IUI and ICI to get pregnant with Vinny. So because of my age, when we decided to try for a second child, it made the most sense to just go all in on IVF. And that is a huge commitment from a physical standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from like an emotional standpoint. It's just exhausting, like in every direction you can possibly imagine. And I know I have a lot of listeners who's been through it many, many times. I did one round and it was really hard. So for those of you who've done it many times, oh my gosh, my heart goes out to you. So what ended up happening when IVF failed, that was kind of the end for us. Like we had decided we will put these resources into this one time and then we need to be good with whatever the outcome is. Just because infertility had been so consuming for us up to that point. I mean, by the time we did that, we were like six years into the journey, six years of constant mental, emotional anguish over this financial like depletion over this. Like it's a lot, it's a lot. So we're six years into this, we already completely hit the jackpot with one kid. So we were like, we're going to try this one time, see what happens, like let that outcome be the final result. And so it failed. And I really thought that like, I'll be okay either way. We already have this one great child. This will not be devastating. And that was a lie because it was completely devastating. I think partly because my personality type is like, if you tell me I can't have something, I get super, super determined to have that thing. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, hey there, busy mama. 
Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And so you all have heard me talk about like probably within 24 hours of finding out that IVF failed, I was on adoption websites, like contacting adoption agencies. How do we make this work? How much money does it cost? Like all these things. And immediately, and I had to really like check myself to recognize, is this because I want another baby or is this because I can't handle failure? which was a conversation I had with a lot of people as we went through this. And it's still something I really think about because I still struggle with feeling like something is incomplete, but I'm not convinced that that incompleteness is because we don't have a second child. It might just be because I failed at something and I'm just really not good at failing at things. I mean, that said, you know, I love to cuddle babies. I love seeing baby pictures on Instagram. Anytime there's a baby around, I like want to hug it and smother it and eat its cheeks and be like creepy and weird like that. So thank you to all my friends who allow you to, me to be that way around your sweet little babies. But what I ended up being able to do, how I turned that struggle into strength was that I decided to talk about it. I decided to talk about infertility. So that was a big first step. When we went through it, when trying to get pregnant with Vinny, it was a big secret. No one knew. That was really, really hard to have it be this like quiet, hidden thing. That's just not my personality to keep things quiet and hidden like that. It was so much better to go through it and have support. I mean, and of course, the first time I had support from my husband and some good friends, but for the most part, it was really quiet. And the second time when IVF failed, like people... Literally, I remember like multiple times in that first few days after or the first week after walking out on my doorstep and like flowers and bottles of champagne and cards in the mail and just like people being ridiculously sweet. Like I have tears in my eyes just thinking about it, but people being so supportive and I felt so not alone. It just felt like someone's like cradling you, like where you're like, oh, like my mommy's holding my hand kind of a feeling, you know? So it was really, really great to have that experience the second time and also to talk about it and have so many other people come to me and say, hey, this has been my experience and this is my story. And that's been really amazing too. And so I've turned this struggle of infertility into a strength because I've used it as part of my platform on the Shameless Mom Academy. And I talk really openly about infertility and the relationships and connections that I've made with other women around that have been amazing. And I literally feel like no discomfort. And people will ask me sometimes before a podcast interview, they'll say, like, do you think you maybe could talk about infertility? Would you be comfortable with that? And I'm immediately like, oh my gosh, yes, I'll tell you anything. You know, It doesn't feel uncomfortable to me. It doesn't feel scary. It feels like I can really be in service to others by sharing my experience and by sharing kind of where I've been, where I'm at right now, past struggles, current struggles, all those kinds of things. So I really feel like if I hadn't have done that, if I had kept it to ourselves, I would have felt like we always had this like thing that was buried that felt like heavy and hard and 
sad and it doesn't feel heavy and hard and sad. I have conflicting emotions about it. Yes, but it doesn't feel heavy, hard and sad because I feel like I can talk about it and process it anytime, anywhere with whomever I want. And that is very, very freeing to me. So it has taken what was a huge struggle when we went through it the first time to this, taking that into a strength where I feel like I can talk about this and process it. Like I can learn from so many pieces of it. You know, one of the things that happened going through this is the amount of patience you have to have when going through infertility is like next freaking level. I mean, everything takes so much time. And every time something fails, you have to wait until the next cycle. And everything just feels like it takes painstaking amounts of time. And so the patience that I have developed and my ability to be in the middle of something really hard and see a lesson or a story or some sort of like glimmer of like, here's how I can use this to make my life better rather than just sitting in the pity has been huge and been so valuable. So those are my four struggles into strengths. And I hope that that's been helpful to you. I want to give you some suggestions now for how you can shift. So before I do that, what I want you to identify is identify a struggle, identify something that's really uncomfortable for you, something that's challenging, maybe something you've been really stuck on for a long time now in some area of your life and start to consider how you can shift your perspective and ask yourself, here's some three key questions. What have I learned from this struggle? What do I want to change or make different or improve? And what simple steps can I start taking now? So I want to use my friend Angela as an example. She was on this show on a link to her episode in the show notes. She came on the show and talked about having stillborn twins. So I remember talking to her shortly after that happened and having this conversation about like her being really angry about the idea that everything happens for a reason. And like, you can always find good at the end of the tunnel, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, gold at the end of the rainbow, whatever the cliches are. She's like, no, like some things just completely suck and are totally unfair and you never get over them, which, oh my gosh, I cannot think of a more valid place to have that reaction than having lost two babies. Like, of course, that's how you're going to feel. Of course, you are going to see no particular value in going through that experience or no like, oh, I can't wait to see what I learn out of this blessing. Like, you're, that's just not how it's going to be, right? But what she was able to do over time was consider how did she want her experience to not be in vain? And how did she want her experience to lead to something bigger? And so for her, what that ended up being was, you know, she took a lot of time in that first year after she lost the twins to consider like the direction that she wanted to go and where she wanted to be professionally. You know, initially, I remember asking her right after she lost the twins, I said, so, you know, are you going to go back to work right away? Or do you know? And she's like, I can't go back to work right away. Like, I was supposed to be starting maternity leave next week and I can't just go back to work. Like there's no way. And so I remember recognizing like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about that piece of it. And so I know that she had to take some space and grace for sure. And think about what she wanted to change, make different, improve, like where was she going to go from here and then start taking simple steps. And I remember one of the steps being that she started doing research around organizations that supported different health conditions where people might lose babies. And she got connected to the Fetal Health Foundation. And they, she and her husband ended up joining forces with the Fetal Health or Fetal Heart Foundation and 
putting on a 5k called eat run hope. And it was this amazing, super fun event where there was a 5k run. And then Angela and her husband are in the restaurant industry here in Seattle. And so she and her husband, Ethan, got all their restaurant partners involved. And they did this big food event after this 5k. So literally, you go and you do this like totally family friendly 5k. And then you go into this big, huge food tent and you have like food and drinks. And it was just a really, really fun day. And it was a huge fundraiser for this foundation. And it was really, really cool. And it gave her this sense of like, my loss did not need to be for nothing. And it gave her something to focus on. And it gave her something to like have, you know, energy. She's like, I can't just go back into like working in the restaurant and not acknowledge where my heart is right now and like the brokenness that exists in there. And so she put her heart into this and it was so helpful to her. So I want you to think of if you're in the middle of a struggle, feeling really, you know, overwhelmed by something or broken by something, start to consider what can you learn from the process in order to start healing Where can you make a change or make something different or start to improve something? And then what simple steps can you start to take? So in my examples for myself, like when I became an athlete, it was literally like I started exercising on a very small but consistent basis and tracking my progress. And for me, initially, it was like, how many days in a row can I go with an exercise? And I don't it doesn't matter like how fast I go, how far I go, anything counts. And that was how I started with business. It was signing up for that conference and being open to just learning something new. I'm going to just show up and be open, which I will tell you for someone, especially at that time in my life, like showing up to new things and being open to new experiences was like definitely not high on my list of priorities or strengths. For infertility, I really started working on my perspective and being conscientious that this is all part of my story. And I have the power to write the ending. And that's been a huge thing for me in this journey is recognizing that whatever the outcome is, I get to write the ending of the story. So even if I don't get what I want out of it, I still get to write the ending. So I can not get what I want and let that be something that ruins me, or I can let that be something that like frames my life in a really positive way. And then I would say my last tip here is to check your pain because pain is going to exist in struggle no matter what. And you get to choose if you want that pain to be pity where you sit in despair or the pain can be productive and purposeful. Now, that's not to say there isn't a time and a place for grieving. Absolutely, there is. There is a time and a place to grieve things and to work through things and to just sit in ugly cry moments and be all in on those ugly cry moments totally fine and appropriate to an extent. But then there's also a point where it's like, okay, now it's time to be productive and purposeful and move through the pain and be productive and purposeful with your pain so that you allow yourself to move forward and penetrate new areas of your life that you would never before considered entering. And I can say that like in all of my examples I shared with you, I never dreamt of being a triathlete. I never dreamt of having a mom podcast. I never dreamt of opening my own business and then selling it. And I never imagined going through all this fertility stuff and talking about it openly and comfortably. So really, when you use that pain and you become productive and purposeful with your pain, it really allows you to open up new areas of your life. So that's your challenge for today is consider where you can be productive and purposeful in your pain, regardless of what degree that pain is. It might be like just frustration with a job, or it might be really deep emotional pain that where there's been a lot of damage done, but deciding where can you start to be productive and purposeful with that pain so that you can actually start moving forward. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you learned something. I hope you took some notes. Definitely listen to this a second time. 
if this hit home for you, because there was a lot packed in here. All right. I will see you again in just a few days. Thank you so much for spending time with me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. I really, really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you get all episodes as soon as they're released and you never miss an episode. You can do that by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can click on the little subscribe button. While you're there, please also rate and review the show. Let me know what you loved. Let me know in what ways you are a shameless mom. And remember, shameless mom of the week nominations come from our reviews. So if you want to be nominated, you got to leave a review. So make sure you leave a review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And lastly, share this episode with other shameless moms in your lives. The way the show grows and the way we build our community is by you all spreading the word. So take a screenshot of this episode, share it on social media, tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram or Facebook. I will make sure I reply as quickly as I possibly can, sending you lots of loves and shout outs. And I can't wait to connect with you there. Until next time, have a great day. And remember, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.